everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 78, and I'm talking with Sam Gardner. Sam has been a listener of the show for some time, and we connected through that, and she has the sweetest little Southern accent you have ever heard. I tried to say that without trying to do a Southern accent, and I feel like I kind of failed. But anyway, in 2005, when Sam was training for her second half marathon, she was brutally attacked and raped several times. And 10 years later, over 10 years now, she talks about her journey, her healing process, and how she has found freedom and redemption and victory in running since then. Since her attack, she's gone on to marry a wonderful man, and she's run several races and marathons. She actually won a marathon in 303 just a couple of years ago, and she holds a PR of 302 and and is chasing that elusive three-hour marathon, breaking that three-hour marathon. But we do get a little bit intense in um, the discussion and, and what she's been through, and so if you do normally listen to your children or little people... Um, you might want to censor this part of this conversation from them at least. I hope you guys love this conversation with Sam, and I hope it helps you walk away feeling hopeful and courageous and just knowing that there are struggles. We're all going to go through struggles in our lives. That is going to happen, but we can come out of it on the other side. And one thing I love so much that Sam said in this conversation and in her, and in her email to me is is that she really felt that She went from victim to victorious and just the emotions and the feelings that she felt crossing that finish line and breaking that tape after overcoming so much, how meaningful that was and and how running has really been a part of her healing process. Before we get started talking with Sam, I want to shout out Kind Snacks. You guys know I love a Kind Bar. I'm always talking about how good they are. They have very few ingredients. They are made with no GMOs and I love the story of how Kind Bars came about. They are a not only for-profit organization, so they're always striving to do good things around the world. You guys can try Kind Snack Sample Box, and all you have to do is pay for shipping. That's $5.99, that's it, and you get 10 bars. So that's like half the price. That's less than half of what you would pay at the grocery store when you buy a bar. So if you just go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay, that changed. It used to be another, so it's kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. Now you can get a sample box delivered to your door for just $5.99. I actually just ordered another sample box myself, and they will be delivered to my door. So I'm sure that Marshall will be having some kind snacks in his lunch this week, which makes it much easier for me because I'm always scrambling around the kitchen trying to figure out one last thing to put in his lunchbox. Hey, and if you guys are in Indianapolis, check out the Indie Mini Mini. It's Sunday, September 17th. At the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's put on by the same organization as the 500 Festival Mini Marathon that happens every May. Marshall did the rookie run this past year. It was a blast right downtown. I am so excited to do it every year and be a part of it and have that be a part of our family tradition um, when as all of our kids get older. But this will be our first year doing the Mini Mini. And you guys, if you have kids ages 5 through 12, you can get $3 off your registration for them if you use the code another 17. So if you guys just go to indymini.com, you can register your kiddos for that event. All right, guys, if you are loving the show, I would appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It's such a great way to help potential new listeners find us. So if you've been listening for a while now, if this is your 78th episode, if this is your 10th episode, 
If you're into the show, head over to iTunes and do me that solid. I would really appreciate it. If you're looking for more content from me, you can find more and more episodes on my Patreon page, which now Patreon episodes can go directly to your podcast app. So it's just like having two all have another episodes. This week, my newest episode is with, on Patreon is with returning guest Laura Anderson. She was my very first guest on the podcast, so I was excited to have her back. If you guys head over to Patreon now, you can get access to that episode. And so I record an episode with a returning guest and an episode with my husband every single month. So that's two bonus episodes a month. Stick around to the end of this episode because I'm going to give you a little teaser of my Patreon episode with Laura Anderson this week. All right. Enjoy the show. We are talking with Sam Gardner and she's a listener of All Have Another, which is super exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I um, listen all the time, and I always find myself being like, I just, I just want to talk to her. Like, I feel like we just like have the best conversation. I just want to be her friend, so I stalked you down. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because I knew you were from the south, but the second I heard your accent, I was like, oh my gosh, this, oh. I'm already obsessed. <laughs> well, hopefully, people will be under, able to understand me, and it won't be too. Too Southern. It's the um, biggest but, Southern draw we've had on the show, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Winning. <laughs> I love it. So, Sam, tell me tell me your life. You ran your first half marathon in 2005. Yes, I did. So, if we go back a little bit, I um, grew up in a tiny town in Alabama. Um, I played tons of sports um, in high school. It was like one of those things where, you know, anybody that has, hand-eye coordination or athletic ability gets recruited for every single team. So I played (laughs) basketball, volleyball, softball, tennis, track, like even did like cheerleading and dance team at one point. Like it was just like did everything. I guess after high school and no more organized sports, I kind of decided that maybe running was something that I was going to get into. And um, I actually took jogging as a class my first year of college, which is just kind of ridiculous, those electives that they let you take. Um, but I was a business major, so I don't know. Anyway, so that kind of opened the door and I got a little bit more into it. And um, I don't know, I had kind of an organic progression of all the way up, like started with a 5K, 10K, half. And so I did that first half in 2005. I don't remember um, if jogging was offered I mean, I bet it was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I took jogging and flower arranging as two of Yes. Um, And that has actually come in handy like a couple of times over the years. Um, One of my my best friends, like I helped her do her bouquet for her wedding. So I I love that. I never would have thought to take in a class like that. But yeah, now, now at 33, actually... I think I would benefit more from like a landscaping class so much because I always look at the front, my front yard and I'm like, what do I do with the thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm totally with you on that. My mom is all about the yard and like has this amazing green thumb. And I'm like, I did not get that gene or either it's like, you know, dormant and it's going to come to, to life some point later in my life. But, um, the yard is not my strong suit. Well, it's one of those things where I like to think I like doing that. And then also, um, it kind of goes hand in hand with like the interior decorating stuff. Like I like to think I would like to do that, but I know deep down (laughs) it's just not something. I mean, if I had more than 
however many hours a week we have, I think I would do it, but I just choose that that is not something I can spend my time on because there are only so many hours and I'm not good at it. Yeah, I'm with you. And ultimately, like, does it really matter? Like, right. no, this is true. you know. <laughs> this is so true. Uh, but. So you ran the Mercedes half marathon, and I've been to that race. My husband ran Mercedes marathon in 2012. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty big one in Alabama. We have a couple of decent size races, I guess, but I think that's probably one of the biggest. Man, um, it was so, so cold that year. Like, it was freezing. I was five months pregnant and I was <laughs> out on the course. Oh, and I was, I had this really weird, uh, well, it's not weird. I think a lot of people have it. Like, I couldn't drink coffee, not because I cared about the caffeine in my pregnancy, but because it made me nauseous. So oh, yeah. I remember like being out there on the cor- the course with like a fountain pop <laughs> and it was freezing out. But here I am with like fountain pop cheering on, you know, it was like cherry Coke or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was <laughs> going to tell funny. you another, oh, another funny thing about that, that uh, marathon is, so my husband and I went down there and then my dad came with us randomly. Like we rode in his camper, his RV down there and we we (laughs) stayed in a hotel and he stayed in the hotel parking lot in his RV. And that sounds like a very Alabama thing to do. Does it? Okay. (laughs) Well, here's another Alabama thing that we did is he met my dad. My dad is one of those people that just doesn't know a stranger. And he had met this random couple on a mountain biking uh, trail in Florida one year, like two years before this race. And then uh-huh. he had like somehow kept in touch with them, probably Facebook. And yeah. we like met up with these people for dinner two nights while we were there. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Like, I know like these random people. And, um, I think I'm Facebook friends with one of them now. It's like, I know I'm never going to see you again in my entire life, but yeah. Anyway, that That's was my Mercedes. Funny. That was my Birmingham, Alabama experience. And then we went to some random, barbecue place oh yeah like a famous yeah, barbecue. barbecue place um yeah it's probably like Jim and Nick's or I don't know uh, there's there's there was, lots of barber there's there lots of barbecue of famous people all over the wall oh yeah if that I don't know if that helps think of it so anyway um moving on to more important matters though okay (laughs) (laughs) less about me more about you because that's why we're talking let's just jump into it let's get into your story man okay Um, okay you were training yeah. for your second half marathon. Yes, yes. So, and all of this has been, um, after I did Mercedes in 2005, I kind of, you know, I, I liked it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again next year. So, um, that fall, I guess I had started my, you know, quote unquote training. It's kind of funny looking back. I think I just like, I don't, I don't know. I probably printed a plan off the internet and I didn't really know what I was doing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It was, exactly I um, think that's what everybody used but anyway so I was home from college for Thanksgiving break and I had a eight mile run to do that that Sunday or whatever so um, after church uh, I was actually going back to school like I was that was kind of like a, a thing that makes it you know I'll get back to that but um, so after church I went out to do my run and basically just was kidnapped attacked um, I, it's the charges are kidnapping, kidnap and rape. But, um, this guy just like approached me and threatened me with a gun and dragged me off into the woods. And it's like one of those things you just, you don't ever think it's going to happen to you. And then you're 
find yourself like in the situation. And I was like, I was 20 years old and I just, I don't know. I was like, is this how I'm going to die? You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it was a crazy, crazy thing um, that has definitely had a huge impact on the rest of my life. Paint this picture for me a little bit. Were you, I mean, so it's broad daylight. It's 1 p.m. Yes, yes. After church. Were you, were you listening to music? Were you on a rural country road? No, I was um, in a, I guess it's a public park um, Mm -hmm. in my, in my hometown. And I was listening to music. I honestly don't think that that, um, that that had anything to do with it. Um, I mean, that that could have changed anything because obviously it's something you like replay in your head. Um, but so I basically, um, I was running, I ran past this guy and my, I mean, my first instinct was like, something is off with him. Like I, I knew something was wrong. So I actually turned, no, so I I passed, yeah, I passed him and he was kind of sitting on like a set of bleachers and he, got off the bleachers and started walking towards the direction where I was going. And so I turned around and I went and I did like a little loop. I did a whole mile actually just went the opposite way. Cause I was like, this is something's off with this guy. And so then I get back to the point where I had first seen him and he was not there anymore. So my stubbornness got the best of me and I decided to continue the route that I was going which obviously, I mean, it sounds like just like, how could you do that? Like, you know, like now it's like, why did I do that? You know, I should have just been like danger, get out, go back to my car. Anyway, I wanted to get those eight miles in and, um, and he was basically hiding like Mm -hmm. maybe a half mile or so down the street. So I didn't see him, you know, at all until he kind of jumped out of the, out of the woods and grabbed me. But anyway, yes, trust your instincts. If something seems wrong, go back home. (laughs) Um, I mean, he kept me in the woods until it got dark. So it probably happened around, you know, one, one thirty, and it, I don't know, it didn't get dark until five thirty or six. So I was just, I don't know, you know, helpless basically. Um, I mean, you never know how you're going to react in a situation like that. And I mean, I just kept, I mean, the only thing I knew to do honestly was to pray. Like I just want a second chance at mm-hmm. life. Like I don't mm-hmm. want this to be it, you know, like, I'm 20 years old, like I I have more to do, you know, but kind of in the midst of all that, then, I mean, he, you know, it was a repeated, like raping repeatedly. It was just a bad, I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was terrific. But, um, you know, at the same time I pray, I'm just praying, like finally I I just started praying for like a sign. I'm like, just Lord, just send me a sign. Like, I just, I need to know that you're here with me and that I'm going to be okay. And, Honestly, I mean, I know this sounds like just totally crazy, but it's true, 100%, like real life. Um, a deer came up from just out of nowhere in the woods, like right where we were. And the presence of that deer, I mean, that was my sign. You know, that was my answer. That was, it gave me hope. And the deer like really flustered the sky. Like he like was throwing stuff at the deer and I mean, you know, like, he just, like, was, like, what is this deer doing? Like, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. But, um, so, yeah, I, eventually, I, and I know this sounds crazy, too, like, after I've gotten this kind of sign that I felt like everything was going to be okay, I, I eventually did 
try to like get away. And I, you know, I don't know, I kicked him and like screamed and punched him. And I mean, he basically just threw me back down on the ground. Like he Mm -hmm. was twice my size, you know, like I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna beat this guy up. And I don't even really know why I tried it. And then I think I was just like, you know, desperate at that point. But, um, yeah, so it it got dark. And I mean, the guy was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to leave now. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, like he just, He's just like, if you ever tell anybody, um, I've got people and, you know, I will kill you. I will come find your family. I mean, he threatened me. It was all empty threats, I'm assuming. But um, I didn't know that at the time. But, I mean, after this whole ordeal, he just, like, up and left. Like, and I still don't know, like, why he left. I mean, he could have killed me. You know what I mean? Like, he, I don't, I don't know. So, so he left and um, I gave him a few minutes to get out of there and then I just took off like running back towards the main road and at that point I mean I had been gone for hours and so my you know my parents were out and they had called the police and people all over town were looking for me basically so um I got back to the main road and um somebody picked me up like within a couple minutes and um took me back to safety so were you um, I mean when they picked you up were you just like full full blown a mess I don't know I don't even I don't even know I have honestly no idea what I like did or said in that um in that time like I don't and I still don't even remember like I've heard it called like traumatic amnesia it's almost like you forget the which is a blessing I mean because a lot of the details, honestly, are super fuzzy. And um, I just know that that night I had to go to, I mean, I guess it's like a safe house type place. Like I had the, op- the option of going to either the hospital or this other like place. And they did all kinds of tests, you know, like DNA tests or whatever, so that they had the evidence, I guess, you know, that was very intense. It just, I didn't, I didn't, know what to do after that. I mean, I just was terrified, like to, to do anything. Like I was just like crippling fear, which, um, I guess later I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, which I mean, pretty much makes sense. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, um, were you scared? Obviously I'm sure you were to tell your parents like what just happened to you because of those threats he made to you? Yeah, I mean, well, so at that point, though, that's what another thing that, I mean, the the police were already out looking for me, so I didn't really feel like, I mean, I think I just blurted it out, honestly. Right, like, yeah. You know, I think I, I just, and I think I was like, he said he was going to kill me if I said this, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, I did not in any way try to keep it, like, a secret or anything, and um, it ended up as the headline like of the front page story on of the newspaper the next day which I mean of course didn't say my name obviously but that was like super terrifying to me because I'm like well great now he knows like that I you know said something um but now you know and looking back I understand like they wanted other people to be aware like that that might not be the safest place to run, you know, like it's, it was more of an awareness thing. Um, than they weren't guy out there. Yeah. I mean, they weren't trying to make a mockery of me by any means, you know, it was, it's was to benefit other people. So, um, 
we actually had people like come to our house, like uh, my my dad's like church small group members would like take shifts at night, like watching our house, oh, um, which seems like over the top. And I'm no. sure it really wasn't necessary, but it, I mean, I was just that scared, that you know, seem like over the top to me at all. I mean, yeah, I know what well, you just went through. Yeah. Well, and they were, I mean, that's pretty amazing that someone would like, you know, just come stand in our yard all night right, just like so we could feel safe, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Because um, how would you go to sleep at night? I mean, you know that you, I mean, he, yeah. if he watched the news or saw the newspaper, like he knows that you right. killed somebody, I would feel like, right. oh gosh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty and, I mean, that they stepped up though. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was really um, amazing to see how much comfort and peace that other people, people just were amazing. You know, it's like something horrible happens and you see kind of the good, like in people, you know, I mean, I got anonymous emails and just people just reached out and really made me feel comforted or tried to make me feel comforted. I don't know that I was really consolable at that point. I just was in a lot of shock. And I mean, it was such a public thing that, I mean, I think sexual abuse is really common thing. Like the statistics are really disheartening. It's something like one in four, one in five women have, you know, been through some sort of sexual abuse. And I guess I feel like, you know, I have this kind of platform now that I want to kind of use to help people, like, just navigate that turmoil that comes. And therapy has been a huge, huge part of my healing. I just can't imagine getting through all of this without having someone to talk to. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a, a therapist. I mean, it could be a, I don't know, you know, a friend or a counselor. I mean, any kind of like pastor or counselor, you know, family member. But just you have to tell somebody you can't pretend it didn't happen and mm-hmm. bottle it up and try to deal with it on your own, like be stoic about it. You know, like mm-hmm. I think sharing is majorly important and takes the power out of it. So honestly, like, you know, I reached out to you and was like, hey, you know, I could I would like to share my story. And then after I did that, I was like, oh, my gosh, why did I do that? <laughs> like, oh, why? why? I... No, no, no. It's just like. I mean, I just got, I got nervous about it and it, um, I mean, it's me putting myself out there, but at the same time, like it's just out of my comfort, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's just putting yourself out there and that's, I mean, being vulnerable is scary, but you know, I think that sharing is where the growth comes from and putting yourself into situations that are, I mean, I feel like I'm going to grow from this, you know, selfishly. I hope that it helps somebody else for sure. Like that's my main concern, but I mean, selfishly, I know that sharing every time I speak about it Mm -hmm. it takes some of the power out of it so that's a really good um, way to think about that I yeah yeah that's good I um I wonder if a lot of I mean I've never had I've never been sexually abused but I wonder and you can tell me if and in your situation's different than other people I mean some people's sexual abuse comes from family members and yeah. People they're actually in a relationship with, like a, a you know, right. romantic right. relationship with. And I wonder, is part of the not sharing just shame, like embarrassment? Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, for sure on that. But I think anything that, um, you know, if there is shame and, you know, like that you don't, I don't know, you just let it eat, like it eats you if you don't share it, you know, like guilt is 
terrible. Um, and I mean, do you feel guilt from the experience? No, I don't. I guess I'm, I'm just thinking like in terms of other, maybe other things like, um, like one thing that we haven't touched on yet, but that I do like, or used to feel a lot of guilt and shame about is that I also suffer from an eating disorder. Um, and that really intensified in the wake of the whole attack things. One of those things where I think, you know, your world seems to be spinning out of control. And like one thing that you can control Mm -hmm. is what you put, you know, what food you eat and what, you know what I mean? Like that. But, and I guess now, I mean, in 2017, there's a lot more, um, I think openness, I guess, about eating disorders and sexual abuse than there was like in 2005. Uh So, um, I guess at that point, like I honestly did not want anybody to know, like I thought like, Oh, people won't know that I have an eating disorder. Like that's not even a big deal. Like, I don't know. I just, I felt a lot of guilt and shame around that though. I don't, um, I don't know. It was just, it seems like, you know, from the outside that it is just like a, a vanity thing. And that's not the case at all. Um, but like people aren't aware of everything that goes on behind, like in someone that's struggling with any kind of disorder. And that's another thing that just like openly talking about it is like huge because it's just, you know, there's no point in pretending that, that you don't struggle with something like everybody struggles with something and everybody has a story. And I mean, why not share that and, you know, like support each other where we can. So tell me this. They ended up catching the guy. And yes, but not until 2009. Yes. Four um, years later. How did that happen? Right. So, so I mean, was I, he just out? I mean, yes. Around yes. And, oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Yep. Yep. He was just um, out and about for. Um, and I think it might have actually been 2008 when they caught him. Okay. But they his trial was in okay. 2009. Um, How'd they catch him? So, um, well, afterwards I had to do all these like sketches and like, I mean, you, you know, sit, yeah. it's like real life, like law and order stuff. Like yeah. you sit down and you have a sketch artist there and they're like, so what did he look like? And then I had to stand behind the like glass that, you know, one way glass where you like, they had like a lineup and it was like one person that they really wanted me to like, see if, you know, they thought it met the description. Like, is this him? And I'm like having to like stand here and stare at these people. Like, is this the person, you know? Did you um, have his face memorized? Like, did you, would you have known right for sure? I think so. I mean, I, um, they say that the sketch was very, very similar to what he actually looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, even years, you know, a couple years, years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, um, he, popped up in the system and the DNA matched. Um, he, I guess some other crime. I mean, I I don't even really know what it was that he, I don't think it was another like rape. I think it was something else, but he popped up in the system and it was a DNA match. So, I mean, mean, how did they know to (laughs) test his, I mean, cause I guess I I don't know how any of that works, but I'm like, how do they know he pops up? I guess cause were they kind of like looking for his sketch and, and they're like, we better I don't know. I do name. know the the detective that was on the case was like, she was just dead set that they were going to find this guy. Like, I don't know that. I mean, she did not let it go, um, which is amazing. Did you know, she just worked you? really hard. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but to have him out there, like, Ugh. not knowing for so long was. Um, that is so scary. Just 
really, yeah, that was, that was really terrifying. And, um, I think that that had a lot to do with the, you know, post-traumatic stress. Like, I mean, I, um, I tried to go back to school, um, you know, I was a sophomore in college and, um, I just, I went back and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do life. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk to class. I couldn't go to the grocery store. Like I thought, I mean, I was just in a like perpetual state of crippling fear. Like everywhere I went, like someone was fixing to attack me. Like, you know what I mean? It was just was, um, and honestly, like I probably just faked it. Like I was okay. Like, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I mean, I did, I did go to like a, um, a treatment, an inpatient treatment facility. Um, I guess a couple months after that, after I got back to school and like, it became evident that I was not gonna like be able to, to stay and, you know, be a normal person. Um, so that was actually a blessing as well. I feel like I, um, went out to Arizona for 45 days and it was, um, it was an eating disorder facility, but honestly, like, feel like I needed more like just the therapy and like a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, when I came back, like, it wasn't like I was magically, you know, healed. It was just that I had been able to kind of get over some of the initial shock. You know, I came back and I did, you know, I graduated college and I got my master's and, um, you know, kind of just, it was like a fake it till you make it. Um, as much as that, you know, phrase is kind of terrible, but it's like, I mean, I kind of just pretended, I guess, like everything was okay. And that I, I did really didn't talk about it a whole lot, um, which is kind of funny now because I feel like at this point I've like <laughs> told everybody in the world, like what has happened. But, um, that was, you know, I didn't want to share, um, for a long time. And, um, I guess I went from, you know, this small town, where everybody knew what had happened to like when I graduated from college, I moved to a different city and people didn't necessarily know, you know, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that person forever. Cause then people look at you differently. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're that poor girl, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that poor girl <laughs> for the rest of my life. So when did things start looking normal again? Honestly. So when my husband and I met, um, is probably, um, it was right after the trial and everything. Um, we met like within a couple months of, of all of that happening, which is just really neat to see like how all the pieces play together when you take a step back from your life and kind of start looking at all how everything shapes together. Um, so my husband, Daniel, um, we're from the same town. So he knew, he knew what had happened to me cause he, everybody in the whole mm-hmm town knew what happened to me but um so we were friends on Facebook which is again like just corny or whatever but no um, I've interviewed a, a couple of people who that's yeah. kind of like how it started with their yeah. husbands and you know I love to hear how people meet so I love yeah that. so okay I'll tell you our little story so okay. um I I can't really explain this either but I just like felt like I was supposed to reach out to this guy like he um he ran um, cross country his last two years, um, at University of Mobile. So I would see like stuff that he posted about running and, um, I really hadn't run a whole lot in the lat like in the years immediately after the attack. Like I, if I did, I stayed on the treadmill and I mean, I don't, I would maybe ran a couple times a week and just a couple of miles. Like I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily like really big into it. Um, but 
I kind of wanted to be. <laughs> so I sent him a message and I was like, I know you run and I live in Mobile and I don't know where to run or have any people to run with. So do you have any suggestions? Um, and I mean, you know, he didn't really know, you know, like I said, we didn't really know each other, know each other, but he like responded back with just tons of information about like different places and different groups. And, um, we kind of talked back and forth and then he was like, you know, we could run together if you ever wanted to. And so we, um, I guess that was kind of like a blind date of sorts cause we didn't, you know, had never face to face met, but we, um, met one afternoon and, we were going to run like three miles. I think we ended up running like nine miles, which was like way more than I had been doing. I don't even know how I survived that run. um, We just talked the whole time. And, um, anyway, I, I mean, I told my mom after that, I was like that I'm going to marry him. Like I knew like just that first day. Um, and (laughs) I don't, I didn't know like if he liked me or not though, um, which I think if he was telling the story, it would probably be like, different he'd be like I don't know how she didn't know but um (laughs) anyway we just kind of like hung out and we ran together a few times and um so we were supposed to run one morning like early like on a Sunday morning so I had I drove like 30 minutes to meet him and he didn't show up and I was like are you kidding me like he stood me up for you know I drove 30 minutes we're supposed to you know anyway um he was working night shift he's he was a nurse um at the time he's a nurse practitioner now, but, um, so he's working night shift. So he set his clock for like 6 PM. So 6 AM. Um, <laughs> but I was like, so majorly bummed, like that he had stood me up. I was like, Oh, this is just not meant to be. And, um, so he invited me to dinner to make up for it, um, that night. So that was kind of like our first date, I guess. Um, which is just funny because it's like, he it was like a pity date. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, um, I don't know. We just really hit it off and he knew I was the one. I knew he was the one. And we were pretty much had decided that we were getting married, like before we were even officially dating or like had even had our first kiss or anything. Like we just knew. Um, so we were engaged like within a couple months and wow. then, we got married a, like a year later. So, wow. um, but yeah, that was our little, our little story. So now I have this like built in training buddy and, um, and he's just a very compassionate, caring person. Um, and that is exactly what I needed, you know, in a husband. So it's neat just to see like what, you know, the good that can come from the bad. <laughs> Were you ever nervous or fearful that what happened to you, that that would make it hard to, you know, get into a relationship and just like the physical aspects of relationships and things like that, like to overcome what you went through? Yes, definitely. So that is something that I don't think that I was prepared to deal with. Like, yeah. obviously, when I was 20 years old, like it, that didn't really matter. Like I wasn't you know, in a relationship, I wasn't like, you know, it just, it just didn't matter. So when I getting married, right, right. Like, yeah. So, um, when we got married, I was 25 when we got married. So it was five years later, basically. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, that has, it's been a struggle and I think that I like tried to push out all of the feelings around the rape so much over kind of those four years in between us 
like when it happened and us meeting that I didn't even realize that like it, it was affecting me. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely does. And, um, I actually, I had to start seeing a therapist again, like a couple of years into our marriage, because I was like, this is just not like, this isn't right. Like, I mean, sex is already like a a topic that everybody struggles with, like an issue, you know, in marriage. And, um, I had to do a lot of healing that I didn't really even know was like, I, you know, I didn't know that that work was going to have to be done. Um, but it, um, and there is a book that I read that was like a game changer for me and it was called the sexual healing journey. And I can tell you, I can give you the like author or whatever. I think it's Wendy Maltz. Um, but I read through that and, um, (laughs) I'm such a nerd. Like I like, when I do like a book like that, like I went, I read it, I go back and I underline the important stuff, like highlight it, you know, like I really studied this book. Um, and, um, I have grown so much from, from going through that. And I mean, I honestly don't think that our marriage would have lasted if I hadn't had gone through this healing because there's just a lot of things that, um, I mean, just, I don't know. Um, you know, you, you can only, I guess I just like was on edge, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. if he ever like, you know, like touched me and I didn't want to be touched, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and just like a hug, even like anybody touches me and I don't want to be touched. It, it just sends me like on edge. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot that, um, that I had to work through and that he had to work through with me. (laughs) So I'm just thankful that, that he was willing to, to do that. Um, and that he is so caring and compassionate. I mean, I mean, he's a nurse and he just, I don't know, he's just a sweet person. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> do you ever feel like, gosh, we, you're, you're out of this, you're in a different city, but like, do you ever feel like, and maybe other rape victims just feel like there's a stigma to that? Oh yeah. I mean, I think people think you're, you know, you're like a broken, sad lot of people, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, I think that is definitely a a stigma, whether or not it's, you know, true or whatever. But, um, I mean, I think you, you know, you were survivors and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to learn how to thrive and not just survive life. Cause I mean, being a survivor is awesome. And that, I mean, that's, regardless of what your, what your struggle or story is, like if it's cancer, if it's divorce, you know, I mean like that anything like you, you have to come through that and then hopefully you find out how to, how to not just, you know, survive day to day, but to, to thrive and have a meaningful, full life afterwards. And then I think that's what I've kind of, I've been on my journey of like finding that over the last couple of years. Um, Do you, yeah. <laughs> when you see, you know, I feel like it was last summer and it happens all the time, but there was like four runners, women runners in a row yes. that were all yes. murdered. And I know I you know. assume that they're is... raped first. Like, does that, does that just take you back? Yeah. I mean, that is just, it's, it's really hard to hear um, like anything like that. I mean, because I mean, that just brings the thoughts of like, well, why, like, why, why am I still here? Yeah. yeah. Like, why am I here? You know? Um, but 
but at the same time, like that gives me, I mean, it gives me hope that, well, I am here and every day is a blessing and, you know, I need to use what has happened for some good, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that's why I also think that it's important. Just, I don't want people to be fearful, like hearing my story. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I want people to be aware that, you know, we also, I feel like this is kind of like a, you know, independent women and, Mm -hmm. you know, girl power kind of day and time. And that, I mean, that's great, but don't think that you're invincible, you know, because you're not, you know? Yeah. So So do you ever run alone? I do. Um, not ever in the dark. We have a treadmill at home. Um, and so if I, you know, need to go before work and Daniel's not going or I don't have friends to meet, um, then I'll just run on the treadmill, but I will go, um, you know, and, and this is a good reminder for me too, because sometimes I, you know, get back into feeling like, and I do feel safe where I live now. And, uh, I need to stay aware as well. I always let, you know, my husband know like exactly where I'm going or, you know, and what time I'll be back. And I just, I take my phone with me, you know, so he can like track my location as I'm running. And I mean, you know, I just, I think there's a lot of like things that, that, that I have now that I didn't have then that make me feel like I'm, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to go out and run by yourself. I'm not saying that that's a problem, but I mean, I prefer to run with people. (laughs) Most of my best friends run now. It's kind of like found my little community of people that I just prefer to run with friends. It's definitely a social thing for Mm me um, now. And I love that aspect of it. So you ran your first marathon in 2011. Yes. So the year after we got married, I decided it's time to step it up from the half to the full. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that, that hurt. Um, (laughs) You ran a 324. Yeah. I did. And it was, um, it's the first light marathon. It's here in Mobile. Um, So it's actually a pretty hilly course. And I don't. So fast. What did, did you realize you were training to run that fast? I really didn't have a, I mean, I just, my goal was to finish. Like, that's what I said, you know, to everybody. But I don't, I honestly don't remember what my half time was at that point. Like, I think I had probably done like a 140-ish half or maybe even a 135. I don't think I had broken 130 in the half. Um, but I mean, you know, I was, I figured I might be around 345 or something like that. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I really didn't know. Again, it was one of those like Hal Higdon, like, run a 20 miler and I'm ready to go. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And I mean, I qualified for Boston with that one, which was like just crazy. And then I was like, well, I honestly, like (laughs) at the finish line, I probably was like, I'm not ever going to do that again. Like that hurt so bad. Um, and (laughs) Daniel ran the last like mile or so with me. And I just remember telling him like, at mile 25 that I was done. Like, I was like, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm just going to quit because this is miserable. Like, I I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just going to, I told him I was going to take a nap. Um, (laughs) I'm going to stop on this curb and I'm going to lay down for a few minutes and just wake me up and then maybe I'll finish. Um, But anyway, he kind of kept me going. But then they're like at the last, like maybe like the last point two of the race, there was this guy behind me that, um, I don't know, not one of my husband's favorite people in the world. Um, And so we'll just call this guy Trent, but Trent was right behind me. And Daniel was like yelling at me, like Trent is going to catch you. Trent is going to catch you. And I'm like, 
do not care. Like, unless Trent <laughs> is a girl, I'm not worried about it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Um, but, but yeah, so I ran, I mean, I qualified for Boston and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, so I did that the next year in 2012. And it was, I don't know if you remember, but it was the year that it was, I mean, and I think there's, there's been lots of bad weather years, but this was the hottest year ever. Um, I was there. I think, it was oh, were you? I was okay. not running though. I oh, okay. Was, I was seven months pregnant. My husband was running. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting. I was sta- sitting at the finish line, like all pregnant and in like a oh, dress, bet, like a tank top bet, dress, like sweating. Just standing I bet that there. was miserable. Yeah. I bet you hot. were just as miserable as we were. No, oh, I oh I do remember before that race though, looking at my husband and saying, "It is too hot to try to run really fast. Do not try to PR." I do right. not want a phone call that my husband had a heart attack at mile 22. Right, right. <laughs> so. And they definitely, like, did a good job of, I mean, they scared you. Like, at the mm-hmm. expo, it was like, you know, scale back your goals. Like, I mean, they, they really, I think they did a good job of trying to make people aware. They even let you defer your entry if you, yeah. you know, yeah, wanted I to. That. I mean, so, but at that point, it's like, well, I, you know, paid all this money to fly up here. Like, we have the most expensive, like, you know, we stayed oh, at like the so- YMCA or something like, and it was yeah. really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I was like, I'm not stay there. Yeah. There's, um, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I didn't know that um, was a thing. Yeah. It's like, um, oh gosh, Did I don't even sleep remember. sleep on a gym floor in a sleeping bag? No, 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 no. It was, it's a, it's a Y, but it has like rooms. Oh, um, weird. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, um, interesting. Not that I would recommend you staying there, but um, so anyway, we were we were on a budget at that point. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, And not that we're not ever on a budget, but we were definitely on a budget. Yeah, so, twenty five, um, twenty six, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, that race was oh my gosh, uh, it was it was just miserable. Um, mm-hmm. I ran four thirty seven, um, which was I don't know just. I don't know that I thought I was going to PR by any means, but I was like, well, dang, I just went the wrong way on yeah. marathon time, you know, um, but I finished, um, and I got that medal. I was like, if this wasn't Boston, I would not finish this race, but I'm going to do right, it. I'm doing this. Yeah. So then what, then what did, so, I mean, cause for everybody listening, like she got really fast, like your marathon <laughs> car is 3.02. Two. Yeah. Yes. Um, so like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah. I say that, but then I'm like, well, your first freaking marathon was 3:24, so like, you know how it can't, how it's possible. But like, what yeah, did you I do mean, to get there? And if, do you run with your husband? Is he faster than you? What are his times like? Um. Okay. So I'll probably get in trouble for all. <laughs> we are pretty similar. Um. And yes, we do definitely train together. Um. He's actually training for a half hour man right now, so he's kind of okay. taking it like off the just the road, like he's biking and swimming and all mm-hmm. that. But um. I have the PR in the marathon and in the mile, which is really funny. And then he has all the other times the in between. Stuff. He, yeah. That's so funny. Um, but I mean, he, I, those are just kind of like, he's only done two marathons. Um, okay. Ooh, he did like a four or something, his first one, but he was injured and it was just like a bad, um, that's, it's not what he was trained for. One of those things. Right, um, totally. but then he ran a three Oh seven, his second one. So, okay. um, I'm pretty sure if he does another one, like he'll, He'll probably 
Yeah, <laughs> we'll get that PR back. Um, That's kind of fun so to get like in pieces, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, just having, like, a built-in training partner. And, like, I know you and you and your husband run together, but... We do, he, but he's way faster than me. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like, today we ran... Well, I was supposed to run 18 miles, and with, like, six to eight miles at my goal pace for the marathon, and it was so hot, and my Ooh. legs were, like, just done from the start, like, you know when you have like when you have a marathon pace workout in a long run and you like <laughs> you wait till the you you want to wait till the end to do the marathon pace miles but you're just like gunning to get going because you want to get those miles out. of the Yeah, way. definitely. <laughs> I was like, oh, we get to mile five in the warm up, and I was like, oh, I just want to go, go, go. So finally, at seven, we went ahead and and went for it, and I ended up cutting the run down to seventeen miles because I was like, I was just oh. done. But um, I did only six of the six to eight at marathon pace, and just like it's it can be kind of frustrating because he is so much faster than me so like I'm like gr- literally grunting and like making yeah. noises and then like every he's just turn, comfortable <laughs> yeah just hanging out and every yeah. time we turn like I want I, I want direction like if you're gonna lead the way like I want you to tell me when we're turning what direction we're going and we would like yeah. run into each other and by the time we got done with the run day I was just like I need to be away from you for like just a little bit yeah. The majority of the time, though, it's it's really, really, really good. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, we definitely have our moments, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but that sounds like a killer workout. Um, well, I mean, the, I was disappointed in my times, but, like, whatever. It's so hot out, and it's, like, one, oh, yeah. one, one workout at a time, right? That's how you have to do it. Yeah. Do you ever look at your, um, like, the adjusted pace using, like, a, you know, humidity and heat calculator? Um, yes, but, like, okay. I, ch- I choose not to because I was, like, so I was being stubborn this morning. Like, yeah, I, just, I didn't right. want to look at it because <laughs> I yeah. wanted to hit 710, 715 pace. And I, right. You know, right. like, even though you're, what you're saying is exactly right. Like, if had I yeah. <laughs> the adjusted pace for the heat, probably would have been, oh, like, yeah. 730. Probably so. I mean, sometimes it's like 20 to 30 seconds, definitely in this heat. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mid-August. so Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, thanks, don't, so don't beat yourself up. Thanks for making me feel better about that. <laughs> yeah, no I'm problem. Like, I was very annoyed. I mean, I'm all, about, I'm all about a heat and humidity calculator adjustment. That <laughs> is so true. Let's see what we can adjust this well, to. Well, and then you finish um, feeling stronger because you're like, you don't finish feeling like you just raced a half marathon for six miles. Right, at, right. At pace that yeah. shouldn't feel that fast. No. Uh-uh. This is a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway, back to you. Yeah. Um, school me a li- you, you've schooled me a little bit and, and dropped some knowledge on the, uh, on the marathon <laughs> training. Um, when you ran – okay, but tell everybody about this moment because this is really special. When you, when you ran your 303, yeah. you won the marathon. Um, yes. Um, that was, like, incredible. Like, I don't know that I'll top that experience at a race ever again. Even if you um, break three. When you right, I mean that's kind of my thing. Like I'm like, well, I don't even know if I need to do that. Like I've already done, I've already like gotten to the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess after like you were saying, like I just trained really consistently for several years, like with kind of like a bigger picture in mind. Like instead of trying to PR, like you know, like each year, I kind of just took a couple years and I was like, I'm just going to build like this killer base, like you know, I just steadily increased my mileage and just, you know, got super consistent with my running. And, um, I really think that like set the stage for me to then, um, so that was the, um, rock and roll New Orleans marathon in January of 2015 that I ran the 303 and I kind of started training again, added the, the quality of workouts 
back in um, that fall leading up to that race. So I had spent several years like just working on my my quantity, like my base. And then once I added those workouts back in, I mean, I just, I, I think I PR'd every distance. Like, you know what I mean? Like just my times just really, really dropped. But so, so yeah, I go into this to run rock and roll New Orleans. And I, I did run a 124 half or something leading up to it. So I knew that, I mean, I was in good shape, you know, that I probably like, should have been able to break three or mm-hmm. that's what the calculators tell me. I don't I still think those things just lie. <laughs> um, they don't ever like totally map out for me. But um, I went into that race thinking like somewhere around three hours was probably going to be my goal. Um, but little did I know that that time would be the winning time. <laughs> I mean, like if, and even like if you go back and look like that, that time has never been a winning time like <laughs> any rock and roll um, marathon. So I am just feel very lucky that I like that nobody else showed up that day. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing experience. Like I think I led from about mile 16. Um, and when you're like the lead female, you get like two pace bikers. And um, so I had these like people riding with me and they had like a little like radio on their, on their bikes. And they were like playing music for me. And, um, oh, I just like talked to them and that, oh my gosh, that made such a difference. Cause I just, you know, I just felt great. Like I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I just need to, the secret to marathons is just win them. you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was really, really just awesome. Um, and so every year they play, um, the monkeys, uh, daydream believer, to the winner. Mm. Um, apparently they like serenade the winner with this song oh, every fun. year. And instead of like homecoming queen, they replace it with marathon queen. Anyway, they, so like at mile 24 or something, they were like, we're going to play you the like winner song. And I was like, no, no, like, like, I have not crossed the finish line. Yet. Yeah. I was like, there's still two miles to go. Like you're not about to play me this song. I'm not going to jinx this. Um, right. so anyway, um, I made them wait until like 25 and a half or something, but, um, Another funny thing was so my husband Daniel was out there like watching the race and we come up to like mile 25 or something and I see him standing on the corner and he's like, you're winning. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, why are you at mile 25 and not at the finish? Right. Um, he's like, oh, she, you know, he's just so excited. He's like, you're winning. And I was like, get to the finish line. He's like, I can't beat you there. I was like, you better run fast because I want you to be at the finish line when I cross. Um, so anyway, he is like, takes off through the fields, like hurtling low limbs and you know just take he and I, he had actually had like a um hernia surgery um like a week before that so he like was not supposed to be oh, running or okay. anything and okay. I was like run like you, you run like if you don't run I'm gonna be really mad um but anyway breaking the tape at that race was just I mean I don't even think like I can put it into words right now um it it was just an indescribable awesome feeling because it really did like transition in my mind. I went from being the victim to being victorious. Like, mm-hmm. and I know that just sounds so cheesy, but it really, it, I think that that like changed my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I had so much more confidence after that. Like it just kind of, I don't know, it brought everything like full circle. And actually after that race is when I kind of just decided like, I need to share my story, you know, like it, 
I've overcome this. Like, you know, it's easier when you get to the other side to be like, this is what I went through than when you're, you know, in the middle of struggling, you know, I decided to, to start a blog and, um, I think I'm like so behind the times because I, <laughs> I really like writing and I, um, I don't get to, I mean, I don't, I don't write a whole lot and my blog has like five readers. So it's like just like, like this little online journal, um, for me, but I really enjoy, um, writing and I just, I kind of wrote my whole story out. And I think that that alone was the biggest thing that I have done towards healing, just, just writing it out. It was so therapeutic. I was on your blog to kind of just like learn a little bit more about you. And I, yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, this is so funny. So your most recent post, uh-huh. <laughs> you were talking about um, your days and like <laughs> you were talking about the song that you lived by. Um, oh, yeah. Seasons you know, of Love. <laughs> what, what's it called? It's Seasons of Love. Seasons from, of Love. Yeah. Like 5, from 000, Rip. Yeah. 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 So, okay, I read that, and then the next line you said BT dubs, and you were talking about how that was like your song of the, you know, replay over and over. And uh-huh. so I Googled BT dubs song. <laughs> I thought that was the name of the song that you listened to on repeat. And I was like, oh, I'm going to find what? this like new hip hop song that I'm going to like. Oh, no. And all these weird things started popping up. I'm like, okay, that's not the song. And then I, went back and I then I was like, of course, that's I know exactly what song you were talking about. Oh, that is hilarious. That is what I get for trying to like be hit on my. BT and I was like, Lindsay, BT does. BT does. Yes. way. Oh my gosh. But another fun thing I stumbled on. Oh. I was like, I'm gonna have to tell her that I did this because I was literally sitting on my. Or <laughs> my closet, like googling what what song, and then oh I was like, gosh. "Is it like a Justin Timberlake song?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's classic. Uh, yeah, so funny. Um, but you, I, you run your age on your birthday. Yes, I do. <laughs> that's so that's so fun. And um, you this year have, you did it during the week. Yes. So um, the the last I think I started. Well, okay. So I actually attempted it when I was twenty six, um, and that was before I had done my first marathon. So for me to have run 26 miles in one day was going to be a, like a, a big deal. Um, yeah. and I got up before work, I did 13 and then I only made it to 10 that evening. And I was just like, this isn't worth it. Um, so I tried it that year and I think then like the, you know, the sting of not getting it, like I didn't try again for a couple years, but I started back again. I think when I was 29, I did like a birthday, um, triathlon of sorts where I, ran, biked, and paddleboarded to get the total 29, like broken up into different, you know, ran 13, biked 13, and paddleboarded three or something. But then 30, 31, and 32, I've done the actual miles. And I always break it up into two runs. And um, I've done it on the weekend, though, for 30 and 31. And this year, I was just kind of like, well, I mean, I know I could do it on a Saturday or Sunday. Like, that's not really, I mean, it's still a big deal, but it's not wouldn't really be that challenging. (laughs) So I was like, might as well try it on a Thursday when, I mean, of course I had to work all day. So I was like, I think I was up and running at four, um, on our treadmill. So I did, I think I did eight and a half miles on the treadmill. And then my 
husband Daniel got up and one of his friends is also named Daniel. So that gets really confusing, but I ran. Okay. Yeah. I saw the Daniels. Outside. I thought you had the Daniels. The last yeah. <laughs> um, so ran outside, did nine and a half or something like that. So, I, cause I wanted to go ahead and get a few more miles. Like, so I didn't have just 16 and 16. So that seems like really far after work. Um, but then went to work all day and I totally wore like compression shorts, compression socks, like under my work clothes and, um, anyway, no shame. <laughs> and then, um, after work, it was just storming, like terrible. Like it was just a monsoon. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of went back and forth and my friend Rebecca is like a saint because she met me and she ran all 14 of my miles with me in the pouring rain. Mm. I mean, it was crazy, but we got it done. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. When was that? Yeah. Last week. Oh, so. you just did it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, August 10th, so a couple. So we have to do the end of the podcast questions. Um, okay. I wanted you to get your analogy in, though, but I was trying to figure out a way to weave it in. Oh, yes, about the olive. <laughs> just tell it anyway. Let's just put it in here. Okay. So, um, and I told her this, that I just wanted to share it, but um, they say that for an olive to make, the oil, like, which is the valuable part of the olive, it has to be pressed and squeezed. And it's like, basically that for lack of a better word sucks for the olive. It's like, you know, going through this hard, like pressure and squeezing. And from that comes its most beneficial and its greatest purpose, which makes the oil and it allows it to shine light. So, um, my message in that is just that the, the really hard things in life, great things can come from them. Um, you just have to be patient and, and endure sometimes and just know that what you're going through is going to make you into the person that you were meant to be all along. <laughs> Even if you might not be thinking that at the time, huh? Yes. Yes. And I don't know that anybody thinks that at the time. And, um, it's, it's so much easier to, to kind of look back and, you know, they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's, it's easier to look back and see like, wow, these, you know, if it hadn't been for this thing happening on this day, then, you know, this would have never happened. And there's lots of good things that, that come from bad situations and just have to kind of maybe look for them sometimes. And honestly, take, think that like taking a step back and just reflecting on your life is really a valuable thing to do. Like, you know, maybe just in a journal or something like just think back and see how the pieces kind of fit together. Yeah, I was thinking when you were saying that about your husband, because it's like not, obviously, I'm sure that you could, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like you would take back what happened to you if you could, but like, would you have met your husband? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Like, I, I probably wouldn't, because I mean, I only sent him a message because I wanted to find like people to run with and safe places to run, you know? Yeah. Have you yeah. taken, this is a random question about that. Have you taken the kind of self-defense class or anything since then? You know, I haven't. Um, and it's something that I've thought about a lot and I've honestly like, I need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something that I've kind of been like, I feel like it would be almost like a triggering thing. Like I know it would mm, be beneficial, sure. but I feel like when they say like, sure. well, if someone approaches you and like, you know, I just kind of feel like people would be like, but this is not probably going to happen. But uh -huh. in case it does, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I just haven't done it, but, um, I do, um, carry mace sometimes or like, you know, some sort of like, which I don't, I don't know that that necessarily is going to do any good either, right. but, um, but yeah, I haven't done a self-defense class and I'm sure that 
Uh, and honestly, like, I, I think, I mean, it's, I guess, like, weird to say, but, like, I think about it sometimes, like, would I have reacted the same way now as I did then? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, when you're 20, I mean, I don't know. I guess I was just kind of a, I feel like I was just this naive person. I feel like I'm a different person now, but right. I don't know that I, you know, I mean, I guess I like to think I would handle it differently. But then at the same time, it's like I don't want to question what I did because, I mean, right. I made it out, you know. Right. So, do you, um, and we'll, we'll go get to the end here, but do you ever think about when he gets out? Kind of. Um, I mean, so he was sentenced to 35 years. So he, um, <clears throat> I think is, would be 80 something years old when he gets out. Mm. I don't know that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Like, and I, I don't think that he is going to like try to come track me down or anything, but I definitely, I mean, it's, it's something that goes through my mind, you know, and especially at this point, because dang, I've shared the story, like <laughs> it's out there, but I mean, I have a different last name and I am pretty careful to never say the city that it happened in. Cause I feel like, I don't know, for some reason that makes me feel like I'm like not going to be able, they, they wouldn't be able to trace it back. Um, well, he's but, in prison too. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, you have that, so, you have that. I mean, and that was in 2009. So, I mean, he's going to be in prison right. by the time he gets out, you're going to be in yeah. your sixties. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, eh, it's, I mean, I definitely think about it sometimes, but it's not something that I'm like fearful of specifically now. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, um, let's wrap up here. What? Okay. And, oh, and we didn't even get to this, which I'm mad at myself for this. We can, we can get to it really quick. You're a CPA, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um. <laughs> there are so many other things to you than what happened to you and, and running <laughs> and, and all this. You have this, like, normal f- job in finance. And um, so I'm going to ask you this question. And everybody can know that that's what you do. You work in finance. What's one yes. thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done? <laughs> um, is it fair if I say that I would like to not work in finance? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> um, so honestly, um, yeah, I'm a CPA. Like I, you know, have a master's in tax, um, which is you know super interesting and thrilling. <laughs> um, but um, and I mean, I hate to even say this, but the only reason that I went into accounting to begin with is because. I took a career aptitude test when I was like a junior or senior in high school and it told me that I should be an accountant. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, like, it's so embarrassing. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, who knows what they want to do when they're 18 or 19. Um, but that test but, told you that's what your destiny was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. I passed the test and um, yeah, yeah. Like, the, oh yeah, the aptitude test. And then, I don't know. I just went into that. I mean, that was my major my freshman year and I just never looked back. um, Well, and that's a hard test to pass. Like the CPA, the exam. Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of people that's when they have to bow out or they have to retake it a bunch. Yeah. Um, I'm a nerd. Um, and I, and like throw myself into like, well, pretty much everything I do, but, um, school, like I, I worked so hard for (laughs) in school. Um, and yeah, so accounting definitely fits my personality. Like it's it's not like that I don't like what I do. I don't mind it. Um, but it's I guess it's not like this I feel like I could be more fulfilled and better used in a different mm. setting. But I have no idea what that looks like and it's so frustrating because I feel like all these people, you know, 
I don't know, online or in life or like, oh, I just I'm passionate about this and that, you know, this is how I've made this my career and I own my own business and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that I mean, that sounds awesome. I just like I can't figure out how to get someone to pay me to run for my job. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I do think that, too, like some people have this like entrepreneurial spirit and yeah, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But like I have this conversation with my husband all the time because I do have that spirit and that's like all I want to talk about and all I want to do. Yeah. I've honestly, I've thought about teaching, um, maybe like, I mean, I do have a master's degree, so I could probably teach. Um, totally. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, so figure it out one day. So you're like, I can um, teach a CPA class, but say don't go and do it j- just based on your aptitude test you took in high school, right? Right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I just need another test. Like, let's take, let's retake this test and let's see what it tells me I need to be now. Yeah. And it'll probably be an accountant still. And I'll be like, dang it. <laughs> what does your husband do? But he is a nurse practitioner. Oh, you um, told me that. So, That's right. Yeah. He, um, he works a lot with allergy and um, asthma. Um, and he loves his job. Like it, I think he, I, I don't know. I've never met anybody that just really liked what, you know, like a, just a normal job, like, you know, nursing or whatever, but he gets to see a lot of little kids and, Aww. um, you know, there's lots of food allergies. that are like so prevalent right now. He stays really busy, but he really enjoys what he does. So two things with that. Yeah. I'm really thankful my kids don't have food allergies because that would be so terrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, just like sending your kid out to the world and just trusting that them and whoever's taking <laughs> care of them, like, wasn't going to yeah. present them with a peanut. Right. Or whatever. But, <laughs> right. too, so I interviewed, this is just, I interviewed Hungry Runner Girl, Janae, on this podcast. Yes. I love, I'm, I have, like, read her blog for probably, like, 10 years. Yeah. I don't know however long she's been blogging, I've been reading it. <laughs> she's, like, just as adorable and sweet as anybody, you know, you can uh, imagine, Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, just, like, the real deal. But, anyway, I made this, like, comment about her boyfriend being a nurse like joking about have you seen meet the parents yes okay and you know how like her dad is like talks about greg being a male nurse and like yes yes so like (laughs) i made a joke sort of in reference to that and somebody got really offended by it and i was like oh no oh my gosh and so from so now from now on i want to be like just so everybody knows i respect and love (laughs) i support male nurses and i support male nurses like i've been taken care of by so many good nurses in my you know like 33 years on this earth and but yeah i was like oh man well you can't please everybody and you're gonna Say no. something that offends somebody. Oh at some gosh, point. yes. I mean, when you talk for, I mean, gosh, right, yeah. right. Like you're <laughs> um, bound to yeah, say Daniel, something. Yes, you are. And he, um, he worked. I mean, he was a nurse for the first, I don't know, five years that we were married, and he worked in the ICU, and they loved him because he would like flip all the patients for them. Like, oh sure, flip, flip, flip them, turn them, whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, he just went back to school. Um, I guess just. Well, he's, he's been, he's been graduated for two years at this point. So, but yeah, he was a, a male nurse and he is really sweet and compassionate. And that is why I love him. <laughs> so, and he, so he's a nurse um, practitioner with, so yes. does he work at like a, a office setting? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. So very nope. cool. Well, yeah. mad props and mad respect to your male nurse practitioner <laughs> husband. <laughs> so take that haters. <laughs> So if you had, I guess this could have been where we put in your analogy. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, um, I thought about this, and it's like, I guess I just would like, you know, 
to say that every day is a blessing um, and just, you know, stay present and be thankful for the circumstances that you have, even if they seem bad, like you'll get through it and just be thankful that, that you're here. Do you think about that? Like, you know, when you're struggling on a hard long run or whatever, you're doing something that at the time is painful. Do you think, wow, I'm here and I truly, you can say like, I got a yeah. second chance and I get to do this. Yes, absolutely. Like, I feel like, um, I mean, long runs are like very, you know, meditative. It's like I pray a lot and I just like, I'm so thankful to be alive. You know, I'm like thankful for the ability to run. And I mean, because running is a gift and I don't know, I just feel very, very blessed. Um, and, and just thankful to be here and to be able to do something that I love and that something that, terrible happened while I was doing this Mm -hmm. activity years and years ago. Like if you had told me at that point that I would like go on to, I don't know, win a marathon or run the times that I run now, like I would have just laughed in your face. Like, and then like, no, I'm not, that's not me. (laughs) Um, um, I'm just definitely thankful. What are you loving right now? (laughs) This is like super Mm -hmm. random, but, um, do you use the Bitmoji app? I went through a phase where I used it, but then I okay. my storage on my phone yeah. got crazy, so I took it <laughs> <Okay>. off. <laughs> I know it's not like a new thing, but I am like obsessed with it right now. I don't know. I had it like several years ago, and anyway, so I um, I'm gonna re-download it now. Yeah, it's so fun. Like you have like a little character, and there is really like an emotion uh-huh. or a little picture for like everything you possibly could need. Yeah, like, I just send my husband those all day long, and he's like really like use your words. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have it. I do have it. Okay. Well, you need to like get your, I need to start using it more. Like you need, you can put new clothes on now. Like you can get all dolled up. Anyway, it's fun. (laughs) I need to go shopping Um, on Bitmoji. Yes. (laughs) Um, another thing that's kind of random that I really love is cotton candy grapes. Have you had those? No. Okay. I don't, they have them at the store and they're grapes, but they taste like cotton candy. Like they're actual like grapes? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like a fruit. It's a fruit. Yeah. But they taste like cotton candy. It's crazy. And they're delicious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. What color Um, are they? Uh, green. Okay. Green grapes. Yeah. So look for them at the store because, um, I mean, I don't know if you like, South, though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's an Alabama thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up here I'm in not, Indiana. I don't know. I don't know. Check it out though. And let me know. Okay. I will. Um, they're so good. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then like running gear, I mean, I'm like kind of obsessed with running clothes in general. So, um, I love Brooks um shoes so I just got a pair of the Brooks launch that are peacock pattern okay and they're like the cutest shoes ever um so those are my favorite things right now that's good (laughs) I love that yeah what's the best most recent book you've read oh gosh okay so I am like an on again off again reader um and I have definitely been more off again than on again recently um and I had every intention of reading what's the the book club Eligible? Is that eligible? Yeah. Yeah. I downloaded it. I I downloaded it on my Kindle, but I have not read it. (laughs) Um, Well, do you like those kind of books though? Because I went from like, you know, like an athletic type book to like beach read. Oh yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I, I would read it. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm not in a a reading pattern, but I'm like, I'm kind of a binge reader. So if I get into a book, like I'll stay up until 3am and I'll finish it in Mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, you know, cause just like gotta be all or nothing. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
probably the most recent book that I finished that I enjoyed was Shoe Dog. Um, oh, Shoe Dog, yeah. The Nike, yeah. So that one's good. And then. So um, I wanted to pick that for book club, but I had just finished it. And I was like, I can't do a book that I've already read because I really wanted it to be like authentic in the way that like I was yeah. going through it and reading it with everybody. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that would have been um, such a good pick because that book is really good. If anybody hasn't yeah, read it, they really should. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'll say that option B um, sounds really intriguing to me like okay. I, um, that people are talking about. Everybody's like, I'll, recommending I'll, it. I want to read that. Okay, so should I do it? Because I was... I was almost going to pick it for August, but I was like, I don't know because I don't know if it's too deep or, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure most everybody has experienced some sort of loss or hardship or been close to someone that has that this would right. probably be a really good book for us to all. Yeah, read. I don't, I think deep is great. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, you know. I think I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Go okay. for it. <laughs> and well, I'll, I'll try to read then it. Then you'll read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not making an official announcement, anybody, but okay, it's yeah. like in, in the top. No spoilers. Yes. It's, it's definitely up there for the September book club. Okay. It's in the running. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you oh, do you guys watch shows? Um, so we do. Um, we don't have cable. We just do the... Netflix. Yeah, Netflix and I guess it's like Amazon Prime Fire or Prime. I don't know. Um, But so we watch, um, I'd say we probably watch like 45 minutes to an hour of TV each night while Mm -hmm. we eat. We Mm -hmm. sit on the couch and eat dinner um, because we're just not fancy people. Um, Yeah. We're watching a show called The Deep End right now, which is, it's like this law legal firm in Los Angeles. We, We both really like legal things. I don't know why we're drawn to that but um so that's what we're watching now but I mean it's not like one of my favorites but we've really enjoyed White Collar and um Royal Pains those are our favorites um recently and then all-time favorites like The Office and How I Met Your How I Met Your Mother is hilarious (laughs) oh good then you got my Michael Scott reference like right away Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, fun fact my husband looks like Jim from The Office (gasps) oh so he's really Um, cute then I mean I'm a little bit biased, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, all the time we're out places and people are like, do, do you ever, has anybody ever told you you look like Jim from the office? <laughs> it like happens probably like once every couple months or something. It's so funny. So but anyway, speaking of Jim from the office, I haven't listened to this podcast in a while, but I went through a phase where I was like binge listening to off camera with Sam Jones. And mm. there's an episode where he interviews uh, John Chris. Krasinski yeah and it'll just make you love John Krasinski even more oh my gosh okay I need to yeah off I camera with Sam Jones up. and I, I think that Sam Jones is a really good interviewer and he's really good at what he does and his I mean his show is obviously like uh produced by you know very good professionals and whatnot but he John is just like he was just so humble and I was like oh you're like Jim from the office in real life though like that's really you you're just, that's awesome yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So look that up for sure. Okay, yeah, I will. Do you have three, do you have fa- any favorite people to follow on social media? Okay, so. Um, <laughs> You're professional. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, um, I told you, I'm like a, I'm a nerd. I've, I've got these, these written out. Um, oh, I love it. <laughs> um, so social media, um, I kind of like, I kind of feel like I take like a, I don't know, like a, I don't comment a whole lot. Like I'm just kind of like an observer of social Mm -hmm. media, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of like how I am in, in real life too. I'm more of like a, 
Um, and I almost said that to you earlier, like I'm more of like a listener than a talker. I was like, oh, she's gonna be like, whoa, like, why am I interviewing this person? <laughs> um, but anyway, so I do like to follow on, on Instagram. I have Instagram as like my runner people. Uh-huh. So like I follow runners on Instagram. Um, but anyway, so some of my favorite ones to follow are, um, and I don't know if I'm going to say her name right, but I think it's Shauna White. She's peach runner 26.2. Okay. Um, she's like an amazing, um, runner and she races a ton and always posts like all her races and workouts. And, um, I think she's awesome. Okay. And then did you find her? Yeah. Well, sometimes people suggest people for the show and I'm, I'm like, I feel like her name sounds familiar. Like somebody has, Ooh, yeah, she would be awesome. I would love to like learn. (laughs) I'm like, sorry if you're the person that suggested her and I haven't reached out to her yet. Oh, I would love to know more about her because I just follow her on you know, Instagram, I don't really know a whole lot about her story or anything. I've, um, seen, I've stalked her at some point for some reason. I don't know why. I okay. follow her. Oh, well, good. And I don't She's follow awesome. a ton of people. So, okay, well, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check her out some more. Okay. Yeah. Next. Um, and then Tia, who you've already oh, had, Tia. Tia Stone, Arkansas Runner Mom. I think, uh, I, I just think she's awesome. Um, yeah. And um, she, she uh, runs, I mean, she's coached by Mark Hadley, who is, who is my coach right now as well. So, um, anyway, I just think, I don't know. I I think she's incredible. And uh, the other one that I really enjoy following is Elizabeth Clore. Um, and I might not be saying her name right either. Um, but she's written that book, Boston Bound. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like she would be another person that would be, um, a good, a good, uh, interview. Yeah. Yeah. She's like really intelligent. She, I mean, she has a blog as well. Um, I don't know if it's just ElizabethClore.com or if it's like racing stripes maybe, but um, she's very knowledgeable about running. And I like the way that she um, approaches like her races. She has a very like sports psychology background approach and like, you know, really focuses on the mental side of things, which I don't know. I, I like that. We so. could all use a little bit of help in that department. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so that you don't just like, you know, want to quit when the pace group passes you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or like today I was like literally almost in tears when I had two miles left of my marathon base miles. And I'm like, Lindsay, oh. get control of your emotions right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. You yes. not need to almost cry right now, but it hurts so bad. <laughs> oh, it happens though. It's like, I can, I'm sure everybody has been there. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate A, that you even listen to my show at all and B, that we oh, were able to I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I was, I kind of felt like I was, um, you know, putting myself out there, but I'm glad that I did. So. I'm glad that you did too, for yeah. sure. I really um, am. I really appreciate it. And I just enjoy being able to spend this time. All my kids are napping and I get to get to know people like you. And that's really, honestly, one of my very, very, very favorite things about this podcast. So now we know yeah. each other. Yes. I mm-hmm. love it. I love hearing everybody's stories. Like, I mean, I just, I love hearing people's stories. Like, I don't know. I think that's why I really enjoy your podcast. Like you really get to know the person, Yeah. you know, cause a lot of the people, like I'm, I've seen them, you know, on uh-huh. you know, Instagram or whatever, but it's like, you don't really know. You have like this preconceived, I guess, notion of what somebody's going to sound like or how they're right. going to, you know, act or whatever. So I think like a podcast really gets you like a little bit deeper into their personality. And I really, I've, I enjoy that. So I hear that. Yeah. There's something much different about like writing words down, but that I'm actually like talking 
and having yeah. a conversation because you're not like backspacing what you're saying. Right, like right. What you said. <laughs> you yeah, can so edit. Podcast. You feel free to edit out anything that I said that you didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I appreciate it. And you have oh, yeah. a wonderful Thanks. rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye. Bye, Sam. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the episode today. Thank you, Sam, for coming on the show and sharing your story. You guys can find everything we talked about in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. Check out the Kind Snacks offer where you just have to pay shipping for a box of 10 bars. That's just $5.99. Go to kindsnacks.com slash lindsay. And local people, check out the Indie Mini Mini, indiemini.com, and use promo code another. 17 to register your kiddos ages 5 through 12 for the race on September 17th. All right, guys, as promised, I'm going to give you a little teaser here of a Patreon episode. And this month's episode I recorded with my friend, Laura Anderson. And so what Patreon supporters get is they get two bonus episodes a month, one with a returning guest and one with myself and my husband, Glenn. And Patreon has made it so that you can actually get those episodes directly to your podcast app. So it's just like you're subscribing to a second podcast of I'll Have Another. You're just paying that $5 a month to support the show and the production behind the show. So that's what that's for. And I really put my heart and soul into this and really hope that you guys enjoy those bonus episodes and they make it worth your while. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening every week. And I appreciate each and every one of you who are supporting the show. Thank you all very much. Have a wonderful day, have a wonderful weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday. Enjoy this piece of Laura. It's the time that you ha- were in control of something uh-huh. without having to be in control of something else, if that yes. makes sense. Yes. Um, I want to talk to you, though, about how you were kind of saying, you know, and I think I had tweeted something about this topic, and... A lot of people loved what I said, and some people were like, thought I was shaming or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? I already know which tweet you're talking about. <laughs> your one where you said, what's wrong with wanting to, like, feel good or look good after yes. having a baby or whatever? I said something like, I get the whole, like, body, love your body movement. Like, that is great. But there's also nothing wrong with, like, wanting to get off your ass and lose some weight or, you know, get fit. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that either. There isn't. And I think that's kind of what I've run into is, you know, I think there is, I, I do believe that there is pushing too much too soon. Sure. Um, after having a baby, I will 100% say that. But I also don't think pregnancy and having a baby should be used as an excuse to just let yourself go physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I went to Hannah's pediatrician appointment. I think it was probably her three week appointment. Cause we had to go weekly for the first few weeks since she was preemie. And we saw a nurse practitioner cause her pediatrician was out of town and she was very nice. Um, but I remember her asking me how I was feeling and my anxiety was pretty high that first few weeks. And mm-hmm. it's still, there at full disclosure you know and she's like well you know you need to get more help and the only thing that you should be doing is taking care of me you should not be worrying about anything else you shouldn't have to worry about cleaning or cooking or this or that and I understood what she was saying but at the same point I was like my only job is not taking care of Hannah. I I am a I am a I am a person too. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I think that when we say, oh, well, don't feel bad if you, you know, don't work out for a while or this or that, you're letting the notion go that our job is solely to be here for that baby. Women are not solely put on this earth to have kids. Right. That is not, it's just not true. And it's a slap in the face of the women who can't have kids or choose not to have kids. They are just as much women. So yes, I have a kid and I love her and I love taking care of her and she is my priority, but I also don't think it's wrong that I make, you know, being healthy and feeling better about myself a priority too. Or if I want to pick up my house and make sure it isn't a complete disaster, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like, I just, I don't think using it as an excuse to not do anything is the right way to go about it either. Yeah, and I I will never understand moms that are like, I didn't have time to take a shower. I'm like... You make time to take a, your shower for yourself because I will put that baby in a pack and play and let the baby cry for 10 minutes if I have to just to get my shower. Exactly. <laughs> and that's I had, what makes me feel whole again. 